Chapter 23 of Legends of Saints and Sinners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Danielle Fedrigo, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Legends of Saints and Sinners by Douglas Hyde. Sean the Tinker. Preface. I wrote down this story carefully from the mouth of Martin Ruad O. Jalarneth from near Monavay in the county of Galway. He had no English. The story is a well-known one. It is the basis of Father O'Leary's delightful book, Shana. It has been examined at great length with much learning and perspicacity by Carl Marstrinder in the miscellany presented to Kuno Meyer, page 386, to which I refer the reader. According to a Donegal story called Donal Odochardi, taken down and given to me by the late Mr. Larmony, death is the being who is tricked. But according to a Galway story, which I heard, the tinker had a son whose godfather was death. He became a doctor and cured everybody at whose feet he saw death standing. Death gave him leave to do this. Attracted one day by a huge bribe, he turned round the bed where the patient lay, so that death, who had been at the patient's head with the intent that he should die, was now at the patient's foot, who consequently recovered. After this, death is tricked in much the same way as the devil in our story. The story. They were poor, both of them, the man and his wife. The man had no other means in the world except his day's pay, going here and going there and earning his day's wages from place to place. The beginnings of the harvest were come now, and he went in to his wife and said to her, Elish was the wife's name, Elish, says he, stand up, says he, and make ready my meal for me until I go to Kildare tomorrow. Elish got ready the meal for him as well as ever she was able, and she washed him and tidied him up and put good clean trousers on him, and himself got ready to be going. And the poor man did go. Off he went. He had no provisions going away then, only four shillings to pay his way. He was going then and journeying until he came to the top of a bridge, and there he met with a stumble and was thrown on one knee. Oh, Musha, says he, the devil break my neck when I pass this way again. He went on then, and he never stopped until he came to Kildare, and he settled with a farmer there and spent four years with him without coming home at all. He never took one penny from the farmer in the course of the four years except as much as put clothing on him. Now at the end of the four years he took into his head to be going home again, and this was what he was getting in the year, five pounds. And likely enough, when he took it into his head to be going, he said to the farmer and to the farmer's wife that he was to be departing in the morning. They gave him his share of the money then. Then he made for home, and fifteen pounds was what he had coming home of him. He never spent but five pounds on his clothes all the time he was with the farmer. He was coming and ever coming along the road until he came to a corner where four roads met. A poor man met him and asked alms of him. God salute you, says he. God and Mary salute you, says Sean. In Kildare you were, says he. Well, yes, says Sean. You have money so, says he, and I am asking my alms of you in honor of God and Mary. He gave him his alms then. Five pounds he gave him. Now, Sean, says the poor man when he was going away from him, I don't like you to go away without giving you your earned reward for your five pounds. What is the thing you most wish for? Anything that I desire, says Sean me to have lots of money for it in my pocket, and anything that would be putting trouble on me, me to have leave to shut it up in this bottle which I have in my hand. You'll get that, says he. He was going along then until he came to the corner of four other roads, and another poor man met him. God salute you, says the poor man. God and Mary salute you. You were in Kildare, said the poor man. That's the place I was, said Sean. If you are coming back out of Kildare, you're not without money, and I am asking my alms of you in honor of God and Mary. It's short till I have my money spent, says Sean, but here, says he, putting the hand in his pocket, here's five pounds for you. When he gave it to him, the poor man said, 
I don't like you to go away without giving you a reward for your five pounds. What sort of a thing is it that you'd like best to have? Any person that would be doing anything at all out of the way with me? Me to be able to put him into my budget, and him to remain there until myself would give him leave to go away, or until myself would let him out. You'll have that to get, says he. He went away then, and he was traveling until he went where four other roads met. There was another poor man before him there. This is the third man, says Sean. God salute you, Tinker Sean, says he as soon as Sean came up with him. God and Mary salute you. You're coming out of Kildare, Sean, says he. I am indeed, says Sean. But he said to him, Isn't it well how every man recognizes me, and without me recognizing them? I am asking my alms of you in honor of God and Mary, if you have any money with you coming from Kildare. Oh, Musha, I'll give you that and my blessing. I met another pair before you, and I gave five pounds to each of them, and here's five pounds for you. I don't like you to go away, Sean, without your reward, and what is the thing you'd have most desire for? Well then, says Sean, when I was at home, I had an apple tree in the garden at the back of the house, and I used to be troubled with gassoons coming there and stealing the apples. I should like, since I am going home again now, that every person except myself who shall lay his hand on that tree, that his hand should stick to it, and that he should have no power of himself to go away without leave from me. You'll get that, Sean says he. He was traveling then until he came to the bridge where he had stumbled on his way to Kildare, the time he was thrown on one knee. Who should be standing on the bridge before him but the devil? Who are you, says Tinker Sean. I'm the devil, says he. And what sent you here, says Sean. Well, says he, when you were this way before, didn't you say that if you were to go this way again, might the devil break your neck? I said that, said Sean. Well, I've come before you now that I may break your neck. "'Try if you can,' said Sean. The devil moved toward him and was going to kill him, when Sean said, "'In with you into my bag this moment and don't be troubling me.' The devil had to go into the bag because Sean had that power. Sean was going along then, and the devil in the bag slung over his back. When he came to the next bridge, he stood to take a rest, and there were two women washing there. "'I'll give ye five pounds and give my bag a good dressing with the beetles.' They began beating it. "'The bag is harder than the devil himself,' says they." It is the devil himself that's in it, says Sean, and lay on him. They beat it really then, until they gave him enough. He threw it up over his back then, and off he went until he came to a forge. He went into the forge. I'll give you five pounds, says he to the smith, and strike a good spell on this bag. There were two smiths there, and they began leathering the bag. Why then, says one of the smiths, your bag is harder than the devil himself. It is the devil himself that's in it, says Sean, and lay on him, yea, and beat him. One of the men put a hole in the bag with the blow he gave it, and looked in on the hole and saw the devil's eye at the hole. The poker was in the fire, and it was red hot. The smith struck it into the hole in such a way that he put it into the devil's eye, and that's the thing which has left the old devil half-blind ever since. He raised the bag on his back then, and he was going away when the devil rose and burst the bag and departed from him. Sean came home. At the end of a quarter of a year, when Sean was at home with the wife, the devil came to him again. "'You must come with me, Sean,' says he." Make your soul, says he, I'll give you death without respite. I'll go with you, says Sean, but give me respite until tomorrow, until I have everything ready, and I'll go with you then, and welcome. I won't give you any respite at all, neither a day nor an hour, you thief. I won't ask you for any respite, says Sean, as long as I would be eating a single apple off that tree. Pull me one yourself, and I'll be with you. The old devil moved over to the tree and took hold of a branch to pluck an apple off it, and he stuck to the branch, and was not able to loose himself. He remained on the branch during seven years. One day that Sean was in the garden again by himself, he was not thinking, but he went gathering a bundle of capines for a leash to make a fire for her. 
and what was the branch it should fall to him to cut for a leash but the branch to which the devil was. The devil gave a leap into the air. Now, Sean, says he, be ready. You will never go either forward nor back. You must come with me on the spot. Well, I'll go, says Sean. I'll go with you, says he. But it's a long time we are abs with one another, and we ought to have a drink together. Elish has a good bottle, and come in till we drink a drop of it before we go. Why then, I'll go with you, says the devil, as there was the devil's thirst on him after being up in the tree so long. They drank there enough then inside in Elisha's hovel, and when the devil had the bottle empty, he rose up standing, that he might get a grip of Sean's throat to choke him. In with you into the bottle, says Sean. In with you this moment, says he. Did you think that you would play on me, says he. The devil had to go into the bottle, and he spent seven years inside the bottle with Sean without being let out. Now it fell out that Elish had a young son, and there was a bottle wanting to go for stuff for Elish. What was the bottle they should bring with them? but the bottle in which the devil was down, and when they took the cork out of it, the devil went off with himself. Sean was gone away looking for gossips for his son. The son of God met him. God salute you, Sean, says he. God and Mary salute you. Where were you going now, Sean, says he. I was hunting for gossips for my son, says Sean. Would you give him to me, and I'll stand for him. Who are you, says Tinker Sean. I am the son of God, says he. Well, then, indeed I won't give you to him, says Sean. You give seven times there enough to some people, and you don't give there half enough to other people. The son of God departed. The king of Sunday met him then, and they saluted one another. Where were you going, says the king of Sunday? Well, then, I was going hunting for a gossip for my son. Will you give him to me, says the king of Sunday? Who are you, says Sean. I am the king of Sunday. Indeed, then, I won't give him to you, says Sean. You have only a single day in the week, and you're not able to do much good that day itself. In this way he refused him, and the king of Sunday departed from him. Who should meet him then, and he coming home, but the death? The devil was afraid to go near him again, but he sent the death to meet him. Make your soul now, Sean, says he, I have you. Oh, you wouldn't give me death now, says Sean, until I baptize my son. All right, baptize him, said the death. Who will you put to stand for him? I don't see any person, says Sean, better than yourself. It's you who will leave him longest alive, says he. When he got the son baptized, he gave death to Sean. He would not allow him to be humbugging him again. End of 23